live stream, welcome to you as well. And if you are watching on the live stream, send me a text this week or send me a text now. Hopefully my phone's on silent. And uh, let us know that you're watching. It'd be great to hear from you. So it'd be good to hear uh, where you're from and what, um, uh, what uh, tuning into the live stream is for you. So Pastor Pauline's away today. So I'm looking after myself. And, uh, and I had uh, Indian for dinner last night from the petrol station. It's really good. So... Uh, I'm doing okay, I'm doing fine. <laughs> but she's been at the chaplaincy conference uh, yesterday in Adelaide. So um, just want to just, just give a shout out for all our chaplains. Uh, I think Jeff and Josie are chaplains. They've gone as well to the same conference. So it's uh, great that we have people in those spaces in our community uh, showing the, the, the love and the service of Jesus out to schools, hospitals, nursing homes and all those places and prisons, which reminds me today... Um, Pastor Michael will be doing a prison service. We're going to stop for a moment right now to pray for that service today that uh, the Holy Spirit will be with Michael and there will be uh, the power of God in that room. So Father, we just take a moment right now and we pray as uh, Pastor Michael walks into that prison that there'll be the presence of Jesus with him. We pray for lives changed. We pray for the miracle power of Jesus to bring salvation, to bring healing, to bring uh, direction to people. So, Father, we pray today that uh, it's not just another Sunday for someone in that prison, but it is a day where their life changes. So we just pray that today, together believing in the powerful work of Jesus. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Well... Uh, we've got a few good things coming up next weekend. Men, um, uh, you don't want uh, to miss next Saturday, 5pm. I'm doing the pre-service uh, uh, announcements. 5pm, we're going to have dinner together at the Marina Hotel. And then 7pm, all the men are going to gather here. We've got Anthony Fleming from the US with us. Uh, his, whole, uh, his whole ministry is geared towards uh, raising up men. So I want to encourage you men, be here next, uh, next Saturday. It's going to be a great time of coming together, being inspired, being encouraged. Uh, it's going to be a good night. So um, all the men, I'll see you next Saturday. Also, I just want to, where's Arthur gone? Arthur's there. He's now, he's, I'll, I'll be respectful, but you're now officially an old codger. So he's, <laughs> he's retired from work. So let's give Arthur a hand. That's a, a, great, a great season of life ahead for you, Arthur. So just be encouraged that the, the best is, is on, your, on its way. So let me pray and then we'll preach the word. Um, dear Heavenly Father, we just pray this morning for something to get in us and on us from your spirit. Lord, we don't just come to church just to um, uh, you know, spend the morning, but Lord, we come because we want to be redefined, we want to be encouraged, uh, we want to be directed into your plans for our life. So I just pray today in the name of Jesus that, that breakthroughs will come, changes will happen in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this morning, my message is part two of Bury That Burden. And um, uh, part one, we looked at Matthew 11, verse 28 and 30, just a couple of weeks ago. Um, and Jesus said, come to me and, and uh, put my yoke on and I'll give you rest. If you want to listen to the podcast, you can look it up. It's uh, Bury That Burden, part one. But the, the thing that amazes me in that scripture is Jesus says, come to me um, Put my yoke upon you, which a yoke is something you, you connect two beasts of burden together with, like two oxen or oxen. Uh, you put, put this thing on their, on their shoulders and they can 
pull heavy weights or, or plow a field or whatever they want to do with them. So it's like Jesus is using a symbol of hard labor and says, put this on, put my yoke on you, and actually you'll find rest. It's one of those strange illustrations Jesus uses. But we saw that when we connect ourselves with Jesus, uh, we go where Jesus goes and we do, uh, we do what Jesus does, we'll find great satisfaction in our lives. So I want to encourage you today, um, that's the, 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 the launch point for the rest of this series. But when Jesus comes into our lives, he comes to remove the burden of our sins. And he calls us into this journey called discipleship. And so I want to encourage every single person here today that Jesus wants to draw you closer on an exciting journey of discipleship where we are connected so closely with him that wherever he goes, we go. And whatever Jesus does, we do. It's a great way to live. So um, Matthew 28 verse 19 says, Jesus says to the, said to his disciples, Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Right now, I want to encourage you through, throughout, I think all our life groups at the moment are doing the disciple course, which is a great course of foundations of uh, um, the, the, the journey that Jesus wants to take every believer on. So I just want to encourage you, make yourself uh, aware of that and find a, a life group that you could uh, connect in with and do that course. You'll be encouraged, you'll be blessed, you'll grow through it. So talking about burdens, bury that burden. I want us to do some funerals today, maybe over the next few weeks. You need to do some funerals in your life that are going to bury some things that you could do without. Is that right? So, wives, it's not your husband. Just uh, Before you start planning, no. So there are some burdens that we, that we carry in life. There are, there are psychological burdens that we can carry around. Things from our past, they could be uh, from grief or a loss. Um, sometimes it's shame or fear that can attach to our thinking, attach to our minds and steer us in a direction whether we want to go in that direction or not. It's like we have some hardwired responses to life at times because of life experience. They're, they're psychological burdens that we carry. Um, I describe these as the the burdens of life experience. Um, and if, we're, if we don't deal with them correctly, they can become life-controlling burdens. Um, we probably look at that in part three. So there's something to look forward to for all of those who are uh, psychologically disturbed <laughs> come to church. We'll help you. But apart from those, that, that's one aspect of burdens that we carry in life. But it does explain sometimes why, why people have irrational behavior, irrational responses to things, because they've got this life experience, a burden of life experience that says, you know, you're, you're either trying to abuse me or get something out of me, or, or you're, 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 trying, um, you're trying to get it over me somehow. And so they respond in a way that's very unusual. But other than that, apart from that, there is, a, there is another dimension that we can carry a burden with, it's a spiritual dimension, not in the good sense, but um, a spiritual dimension that burdens the life of people. And what we come up against sometimes in our lives is spiritual. 
I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but sometimes you, you, you might uh, meet somebody and you think there's an, as, as, a, you know, as you're mostly here all Christians, you might go somewhere and, and start a conversation with someone and, and realize there's an instant kind of barrier. There's something there. It's like there's, there's a spiritual wall that is, that is there. They may not even know it themselves, but there's a resistance to you as a Christian. It's like, no, we don't want to know you. We, we want to stay away from you because there's a resistance. It's spiritual. So it's um, evil at work. We see road signs. Uh, you know, have we got that one? Oh, I love that sign. Oh, I, I created that. That's pretty cool, isn't it? <laughs> but we, we see road signs that when there's men at work and, and it says, slow down, work is ahead. But it's the opposite when it comes to when evil is at work. We need to speed up, not slow down. So we, we want to get past those, uh, those evil barriers, not slow down so that they can attach themselves to us. So um, read the signs spiritually. So there's, there's something we need to, to develop in our spiritual journey, and that is this thing called discerning. And, and, and we need to discern sometimes the spiritual that is behind things that we can't see in our natural. So... We've got to read signs spiritually. When unholy things begin to work, we ought to speed up and get out of there when the unholy is trying to influence our lives. And these days, I think, you know, in this um, world in which we live, we are absolutely bombarded with an avalanche of, of, of things that come from a demonic nature. And if we're not aware of those things, we just absorb it all. We just become, we just become a... a, a um, a cocktail of all the different elements of life and Jesus just becomes another, another element. But we don't want Jesus to be just another element of our life. We want Jesus to be the fundamental foundation that creates a holiness within us that is totally different from all the other elements and that we stand out from the crowd as holy and righteous. And that's what we, we want to achieve through our discipleship journey. And it's not a, a, you know, sometimes it's a, a stages of life that Jesus takes us through where he deals with things as we can handle them. Sometimes it doesn't all happen at once. But I want to give you some common evil at work that ruins churches. And often churches have these things that running right through the, the life of their church and people don't even realize, hey, this is going to destroy it. This is going to ruin our church. It's going to ruin other Christians. So common evils at work that ruin churches that we need to discern against. Religion. You might think, what? Religion? Isn't that what church is all about? Well, no, it's not. So religion has a false expectation of what God should do for us and what we should do for God. That's, what, that's my interpretation of religion. It has a false expectation of what God should do for us and what we should do for God. Another, another common evil that is at work that ruins churches is self-righteousness. Um, we could describe that as pride in our own spiritual pedigree. Well, if you know who my father was and grandfather and great-grandfather and, and, and I've got all these line of you know, um, preachers or whatever in my family and, and we, we've done all these amazing things. Uh, we've been in this church for, for the last 1,000 years or whatever it is. And, and we, we rest our, our pedigree our self-righteousness in, in pride of those things. Uh, sometimes it can be uh, our own efforts and achievements. Now, 
I want to tell you something. Self-righteousness and pride go very closely together. And pride takes out more people from their discipleship journey than moral failure. Let that sink in for a little bit. So a lot of times we think, well, you know, the, the, you know if someone fails morally and they, they have an affair or they do some, some you know, questionable things, you think, oh, well, that, 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 that'll take them out of the discipleship journey if they don't turn back to Jesus. But you know something? More people get taken out by, by self-righteousness and pride than, than moral failure ever does. So we need to guard ourselves for that. Uh, another spirit that works against the church is independence. That's a resistance to the influence of others. So we think what's well, you know, independence, uh, sometimes you think it's a guy who no one can ever tell anything to, no one can ever, um, they, they never want to learn from anyone. But um, it's resistance to the influence and the support or the help and aid of others. So when you're independent, you could, you could have a broken leg, but you think no one's going to touch me. You know, no, don't, don't come near me. I don't want, I don't want you to touch, don't come near me. You think unless the doctor gets close enough to you to, to bring some first aid to you, that'll never get better. And so we, we, it wars sometimes against our, our spiritual growth is a spirit of independence. So we need each other. We need to be in fellowship. We need to connect with one another because it's where healing comes from. It's where we grow better. Um, you know, athletes don't get to their best unless they're competing with someone who's good. Sometimes you could, you could think you're the best, but you're, you're only competing against yourself. So independence works against the, the strength we get from competing with others. Or it's not really competing, but it's growing alongside others. So uh, another, another big one. And now, there's so many other spirits that we could identify today. I've just chosen a few. The, the, the one we're going to look at now is gossip. Because what gossip does, it, it interferes in other people's business. But it doesn't bring any, any, any help. It doesn't go to the person. One of the things that I think for a healthy relationships is called straight lines. But what we have a, um, a, 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 an ability to do is to have a lot of blurry lines in our life. Where instead of going to a, an individual and saying, hey, you know what, when you do that, that really hurts my feelings. Or when you do that, that makes me feel put down. We go oh, I won't go to that person, I'll go to 15 others and talk about them and say, have you ever noticed this or that? So gossip interferes in the business of others. But these are spirits that are seeking to ruin churches. They're in every town to bring discord and chaos, to separate people. So the church that buries these burdens is a victorious church. Give me a shout if you want to be part of a victorious church this morning. Give me a better shout. (laughs) <laughs> that's better <laughs> but we're going to bury that burden so we don't want the we don't want those kind of elements in our church and we don't want them in our lives so we're going to bury some of those things it's time for some funerals today so Jesus charged his believers those who would believe in him to cast out demons now, it's not something that we really t- take a lot of time talking about today, but sometimes these elements that I just talked about are demonic influence that get into our thinking, get into our, into our mind, and we think, but this is okay because we are great at justifying carrying these burdens around with us. One of the things I found when I was at Halls Creek is the first night of, 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 my, of this uh, um, conference, whatever it was up there, is every... Every single person I prayed for was manifesting a demon. 
Every single one from the, you know, it was like went on for about an hour. Every, every person I prayed for was like, you know, I was casting out evil spirits. Um, and and I, I, I believe that, that we've got to recognize that spirits are at work. But we can't slow down for them. We've got to speed up and, and get away from them. So Jesus, in Matthew 10, verse 8, and Mark 16, verse 17, Jesus says to his disciples, cast out spirits, cast out demons. He says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out spirits. And you as a believer, it's not, oh, is that something that our pastor does? You as a believer need to discover how to cast out spirits and know how to have authority over these things. Because you have authority with the blood of Jesus. One of the biggest issues we have in modern church is that we see through a modern lens of, of, of life and we seem to have um, minimized the spiritual elements of life. And we need to magnify the spiritual and minimize the physical. So disciples of Jesus dispel demons and they operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. I'll just give you a, a, a truth bomb. Not everyone who goes to church is a disciple. It's just like not everything you find in a tube is toothpaste. Josh found that out once when he was a little kid and he used a denker rub and he thought it was toothpaste. But we need to realize that not everyone you talk to in church is a disciple of Jesus. But what I'm challenging for you today is you be the disciple. So we can't judge other people's journey or where they're at or what they talk about or what they do. But we need to say, Jesus, I want to have a right relationship with you in my life. And I want to be pure and holy and righteous according to you. So we don't go you know, putting the spotlight or the magnifying glass on everyone else around us. We apply it to ourselves. So... Remember the yoke Jesus talked about in, in the, the first part of this message. Wherever he goes, you go. Whatever he does, you do. See, the other extreme of that is we can put on the yoke of sin. And wherever sin goes, you go. And whatever sin does, you do. We don't want to partner with a sin spirit. We've got to bury that burden of unholy stuff. So it's time for a funeral for the unholy things in our life that want to attach themselves to us and, and get a free ride on our, on our back like a burden. We've got to bury that burden, have a funeral for some of those things. Now, our focus, if we're smart, as disciples, is, is to be on the same mission that Jesus has for the world, and that is to save lost people. That's the mission that we're all being given. So the mission of this church is you are the light of the world. It's found in Matthew 5, verse 14 and 16. It says, you are the light. Someone tell me, you are the light. You are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Verse 16. This is the main part. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So if you're here this morning and you're wondering, well, what's my ministry? Start some, start some, good, some good deeds. Get some good deeds shining around you. It can start in your household. It can start with the person down the street. It can start with the people you work with. See, one heart care that we operate is, is shining good deeds on our behalf all over our community, all over this town. So Hebrews 6 verse 9, moving on, says, Dear friends, we are confident that you are meant for better things, things that come with salvation. Now I'm confident of you that you have better things 
God has better things in mind for your life. God has better things. That's what he saved you for. If we're going to uh, interpret this scripture here, the things that God saved you for, the things that he's drawn you out of the world for is, to, is for better things for your life. Things that are, that are born from heaven. So I want to encourage you today that Jesus has his purpose for you. Better things that come with your salvation. Things not found in a horoscope or in a tarot card. Instead, find things spoken from heaven that are true from Jesus for your life. So we are meant for better. Whatever the better thing is for you, it's found serving and being connected with Jesus. We've got to bury those burdens of searching for God in all the wrong places. As I said, there are so many things. There's so many people these days coming to church and saying, yeah, but, I, but I'm still looking at, at this. I'm still doing all these other things that are, are of a demonic background. And we're thinking we can dance around with all these things. But you know something, you, you, there, there is, there is a, a separation that needs to take place if you want to have the freedom and yoke yourself with Jesus. We've got to bury those burdens searching for God in all the wrong places. I'll give you some ongoing homework is to develop some things in your life. Now, society is geared towards expecting good service. We just have to, you know, whenever we do anything these days, we, we go online and we, we check out the reviews. Who's ever di- given a bad review? Show me your hands. No one. It's all good, good Christians. They all say, we'll always find something good in there. But, you know, the world today does... Uh, thrive on bad reviews. So if you get bad service, they took too long to bring out your dinner. They, they, you know, you, there was, you know, there was cockroaches in in your in your bed at the motel or whatever. But our our society is geared expecting good service, and if we don't get it, we give bad reviews. But we aren't strong on the principles of being a good servant. And I want to encourage you today, as a disciple of Jesus, to develop the ability to be a good servant. So Philippians 2 verse 17 says, But I will rejoice, this is Paul speaking, but I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your, your faithful service is an offering to God, and I want all of you to share that joy. So Paul writes this describing there's great joy in serving so your faithful service is an offering to, to the pastor. No. It's an offering to the other people in your department. No. It's an offering to the people down the street who don't know Jesus. No. It says your faithful service is an offering to God. An offering to God. And, and Paul completes the lesson by writing, and I want you to share that joy. I'm going to ask the musicians to come and join me again. Bury that burden of serving as as mundane or of no value and start connecting with the better things that come with salvation. So when you serve in the house of God, for instance, you're not there because your name just popped on a roster. You're there because Jesus Christ has better things, better things that come with salvation for your life. And we discover those things by serving God in his house. So at one heart, We want to cultivate a culture of joy in serving. Cultivate a culture of the joy that we receive from the Holy Spirit when we yoke ourselves to the purpose of Jesus. We want to activate and emulate and celebrate the joy found in serving Jesus and serving others. 
Don't be a grumbler or, or a complainer. We need to bury that burden and discover the joy that Paul was talking about. Sometimes that means we need to have a funeral for some bad ideas that we have or some bad concepts that we've somehow allowed to hitchhike in our life. We want to be stepping into the better things that come with our salvation. That begins with the attitude of the heart. And the good news is our heart can always be adjusted. As Ruth shared in the worship Psalm 51.10 Create in me a clean heart O God and renew a right spirit within me. This was a song or a psalm written by David who had heinously sinned before God. And the only thing he could do is seek God to cleanse his heart. See, Jesus is still into cleansing hearts of those who have never known him, who need salvation, and of those who should have known better within the church. So Jesus has created us for better things, things that come with salvation. Hebrews 4 verse 6 we read God's rest is there for people to enter we're going to start burying some burdens this morning bury some some unholy burdens some unholy things and it's amazing how light life becomes when those things are no longer attached to us anymore could I ask you to stand with me this morning we're going to make it some declarations today. Maybe some of those things that I mentioned earlier, those unholy things at work, that you can identify them in your own life and say, Jesus, I want to, I want to disconnect those from me. Maybe there's some other things that have been revealed as I've spoken today. You think, I need to, I need to get that off me. I need to get that away from me. We're going to bury some burdens this morning some spiritual things because sometimes you might think hey everything else in my life is going good everything else should be working I'm happy I've got everything that I want or, or could ever need yet there's something missing there's, there's a hollowness you need to disconnect the caboose of those things in your life that is unholy say Jesus I just want to be completely whole completely holy so I'm going to pray for burdens to be buried and for a healthy desire to be born in our hearts. Pray for that eyes be open to see the things that Jesus has for us. So if you will, just put your hands out in front of you today and I'll pray with you, I'll pray for you. And pray for some discerning of spirits to come into our, into our heart. So we go away from this place, not the same anymore, but we're ready for the better things that come with this salvation. So, Father, we just pray today. Lord, I, I pray over every person here in this house that they may bury some burdens that have attached themselves to their lives. We pray for burdens to be buried, for a healthy desire to be born in our hearts today. We pray that eyes be opened to see the things that Jesus has for us. Jesus, I bury those burdens this morning. Lord, we declare I take up I just ask that you declare say I take up the better things just speak to the Lord right now I take up the better things that come with my salvation Jesus I pray breathe afresh on people Lord the burden is buried in Jesus name in Jesus name Lord we just thank you for that 
we declare before God today, I bury that burden. I'm not going to dig it up again. I'm not going to go looking for it. It's buried under the blood of Jesus that has set me free. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Why don't you just take your seats just for a couple of moments. Because I just want to give, maybe if you just close our eyes, I want to give some personal time for some people here today. And maybe you've never responded to Jesus ever before in your life. You think, well, I've never really asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. You can take that first step this morning if that's you. Just while every eye is closed and every head's bowed, I'm just going to ask if, if you're thinking, hey, that's me today, but I want to get close to Jesus. I want to make my life right. Something's been stirring in my spirit and, and I want to do that. Just slip your hand up and I'll see it. Just a personal time. Then we're going to pray for you just right where you are. Don't, don't have to embarrass you or anything like that. But if you just slip your hand up nice and high, I'd love to pray with you today to receive Jesus as your Savior to deal with that burden of sin that we can't ever deal with ourselves. Looks like everybody must be right here this morning. But I want us to pray this prayer together. It's up on the screen. Just turn to the screen right now. Let's pray this together. In a way, as we declare this over ourselves again, we're saying, Jesus, I never want to get too far from that point of my salvation. I don't ever want to get too far from that place where you bury the burden of sin. I, don't want to, I want to bury those burdens again and again. So let's pray together. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I give you my life and I invite you to be my Lord and Savior. Today, I am born again. I trust my future into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless your church. Bury that burden. Leave it here. Don't dig it up. Have a great week.